Christ is risen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the response is, truly he is risen. Hallelujah. Okay, try it again. Christ is risen. Hallelujah. Truly he is risen. Hallelujah. So happy Easter. Uh, wait a minute, wasn't, wasn't that last week? Well, actually, this week, the Orthodox Church celebrates Easter, and we celebrate Easter for eight weeks. We spent six weeks of Lent preparing. We spent eight weeks celebrating Easter. And this first eight days, this octave of Easter, which ends today, is culminated by the Feast of Divine Mercy, which we celebrate today. Easter which is Christ's resurrection from the dead, is, is the what of this most central belief in our faith as Christians. But today, Divine Mercy Sunday, is the so what. Jesus was born, lived, died, and rose from the dead, and ascended back to heaven to show us as a human being so that we could be better begin to understand the nature of God and Creator. As Pope Francis said, Jesus Christ is the face of the Father's mercy. And mercy is not just an attribute of God or a gift he gives us. Mercy is the very nature of God, the particular kind of love that constantly reaches out to seek and embrace even the worst sinner. So the heart of the Easter experience is to understand not just what Jesus did 2,000 years ago, but what he means for my life today. And not just for my life, but for yours and for the whole world. It seems that our world, all of humanity, has never really understood or embraced what Jesus came to offer. War, murder, discrimination, selfishness. None of those things have ceased since Jesus promised that the kingdom of God was at hand. And today, with terrorism, religious persecution and martyrdom, genocide, Refugees fleeing for their very lives around the world, with fewer and fewer people trusting in their leaders or their faith to guide them, with societies rejecting objective truth in favor of a subjective, whatever feels right to me, morality, with governments incapable of, agree of agreeing to protect innocent life even after birth, with our church racked with scandal. It seems to me we've never been in greater need of God's merciful love. And I think Jesus agrees. Because less than 100 years ago, in the early 1930s, he chose a young Polish nun, Sister Maria Faustina Kowalska, to spread the message of divine mercy throughout the whole world. In many apparitions, which now St. Faustina recorded in her diary, Jesus told her how, from the cross and still today, his heart is breaking. Because so few understand that our sins are already forgiven by his sacrifice, not ours. If we would just trust in his divine mercy and accept his gift of unconditional love. Rather than running out to his outstretched arms, we sinners run away in fear that we can never be loved or be worthy of the salvation that he offers us. But isn't that what Adam and Eve did? Isn't that the original sin? They disobeyed, then hid from God and blamed each other. They didn't ask for mercy. They didn't show mercy to each other because they didn't trust that God loved them enough to forgive their sin. And when Jesus cried out, I thirst, but just before he died on the cross, it was not for a drink of water to soothe his parched throat. 
He was, and still is, thirsting for all the lost souls who would reject this gift of himself. But so few are willing to trust him and turn to him and ask for his mercy. So the message that he gave to St. Faustina and told her to spread through the church and to the whole world is a renewal of what the scriptures and traditions have always taught, that God is love, as he revealed by creating us and then by joining us by becoming man, and by redeeming us when we turned away, and by sanctifying us by his own sacrifice. And he gave St. Faustina new tools to promote a new devotion to his divine mercy. He taught her a special prayer, known as the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. And he told her to capture the image in which he appeared to her. Stepping forward with one hand raised in blessing, and touching the other with his heart, touching the other hand to his heart, from which rays of blood and water flow out, as they did on the cross when his side was pierced by the soldier's lance. And on the bottom of the image, he told Faustina to write this message. Jesus, I trust in you. And he told Faustina that on the Sunday after Easter, a special feast of his divine mercy should be celebrated throughout the whole church, on which the floodgates of mercy would be thrown open wide to anyone who asked for it. Well, his message to St. Faustina languished for decades, ignored and even suppressed by the church, until a Polish priest, Karol Wojtyla, became aware of it and brought it to Rome when he became Pope John Paul II. And just 19 years ago, on April 30th, 2000, the second Sunday of Easter, as he canonized St. Faustina, now St. John Paul II, declared that throughout the whole church, the second Sunday of Easter will be called Divine Mercy Sunday. Now, if all this is news to you, don't worry. It took me 15 years to understand that the devotion to divine mercy wasn't just a nice Polish tradition with a repetitive prayer like the rosary but shorter and a painting I called the Rainbow Jesus. But once I understood the heart of the message, that Jesus is calling me constantly into a deeper relationship with his very nature, I've discovered it's like an invitation to just soak in the hot tub of his love and forgiveness, relaxing, refreshing, and washing away my sins and weakness. So what I've learned about my relationship with divine mercy is first I have to ask for it. I have to open my heart to see my sins and confess them and not hide away, hoping they'll just evaporate on their own. Often, I don't even have to ask, but I have to be open to accepting the need for mercy when I become aware of it. Now, in today's gospel, mercy is what Jesus showered on his apostles who were hiding in the upper room. Maybe not just in fear of the Jews, but in fear of being confronted by Jesus in their own sin and betrayal of him. He didn't come in and say, Hi, guys, haven't seen you since you fell asleep on me Thursday night, or cock-a-doodle-doo, Peter. He looked into their hearts and saw their fear, their remorse, their need for forgiveness, and said, peace be with you. Imagine what that greeting meant to them at that moment. But if you doubt that he loves you that much, his mercy is still there, waiting for you. It may seem harder for us who weren't there to see him physically, but remember what he told the skeptical Thomas. Have you come to believe because you've seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. 
And to accept his mercy, I have to realize that when Jesus tells me, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, and be merciful even as your Father is merciful, and whatever you did or did not do, for the least of your brothers and sisters, you did or did not do for me. When he says those things, he means it. The necessary response to mercy is to be merciful. Mercy calls us to seek out those who are hurting, those in greater need, those who have hurt us, and take the initiative to love them and forgive them as we need to. As Jesus said, even the pagans can love those who love them. I tell you to love your enemies. But we only have to look at the spiritual and corporal works of mercy to get an idea of how to practice merciful love. Remember when Jesus is thirsting for souls to love him, so when I give a drink to the thirsty, I help to quench Jesus' thirst. And when I forgive others' wrongs willingly, I'm living the forgiveness that I've been given. That's merciful love in action. But I can only do this if I come to trust in him, to surrender my idea that I can figure everything out myself and listening to what the Holy Spirit whispers in my ear. When I've become able to better understand what it means that he's the dispenser both of justice and mercy, and no one comes to the Father except through Jesus, and justice is getting what we deserve. That's a scary thing. But mercy is not getting what we deserve, and that's a wonderful thing. It's my choice. Which door do I want to leave this life through? So the message of divine mercy is simply this. God wants all of his creation, even the worst of hardened sinners, to be with him in heaven. But we can never make it there on our own. So to prove just how much he loves us, Jesus came and sought out those who would admit they were sinners and offer himself in sacrifice to wipe away their sins. And Jesus told St. Faustina, the greater the sinner, the greater the right he has to my mercy. And so today on this special feast of mercy, Jesus promised Faustina that the flood great gates of his mercy would be open to all who seek it, especially in the sacraments of reconciliation and the Eucharist. So there's so much to learn about divine mercy and explore how I surrender my heart to Jesus. So if you're interested in learning more about it, so just pick up one of these brochures that are in the back of the church as you leave, or go on the formed website or even on Amazon Prime videos and search for the wonderful resources on divine mercy. And I invite all of you at the end of Mass to stay with us for a few minutes, and together we can recite the chaplet of divine mercy. Christ is risen, alleluia. Truly he is risen, alleluia.